welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Urich. I'm the founder of 1000 Hours Outside, and I have a new friend with us today, Jade Warshaw. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Ginny. We are. We're heading into Christmas. We're like uh, four days away. And if you could see us, we look like elves. I've got my red. You've got your green. (laughs) It's so perfect. (laughs) It is perfect. I just read your new book. This is new. Yes. That's right. Hot off the presses. Hot off the press. And look, I love it. Look how Thank cool. You. Look how cool the outfit and it matches the cover. The title is Money's Not a Math Problem, which is fun. And I, you know, I'm like, is it? Is it not? Money got like dollar signs and plus signs. And you say the real reason you're broke and what to do about it. So heading into a new year, this year is a good topic, isn't it, Jade? It sure is. I think so many people, you know, Christmas, it's like you had Halloween and everything that goes along with that. Then there's Thanksgiving, then there's Christmas. And by the time you hit the new year, it's like, I have no more money. I have tapped out. I have gone into debt. Yeah. I have remorse. It's like everybody's looking for that fresh start. And if they're anything like me, you start asking yourself questions like, oh my gosh, what caused me to make such poor decisions with my money in the first place? And why have I had such a difficult time um, sticking to a plan or sticking to what I say I'm going to do? And so I think this book is really going to help those people out. Mm-hmm. And it's a quick read. So that's really helpful, too, because who has time for more than that? 57 pages. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. You packed a lot into those 57 pages. I think that this topic is really applicable for this audience because we are aiming to spend time outside. It's mainly free. It might cost you a little bit for a park pass or a little bit of gas money to go here or there. On a whole, this is something that is relatively inexpensive and you can still have a pretty full childhood. And I think on one level, like you talk about status as being one reason why we spend too much money, uh, pressure, obviously, Mm -hmm. parenting pressure. And then uh, there is this thought of like YOLO, right? Yes, yes. You know, I had a friend who said, uh, it was a long, long time ago, it was before we had kids. And she said, my kids are only young once and I have the rest of my life to make money. Yeah. So I'm going to go massively into debt now so we can do all the things and make all the memories. And then, I mean, it, it did end up being a struggle later on. Yeah. So the point is you can have a really full life with your kids without spending gobs of money. And if you're in this spot where you're wanting to budget and pull back and really look at things, the full life is still there. So can we start with You talked about it in terms of food, Mm -hmm. and I thought this was a great one. You said you found a lot of peace and happiness at the dinner table with your mom. Yes, that's interesting. That's actually not in the book. So I I love, I I have questions. I'm like, where did you find that? But that's an amazing, um, uh, yeah, I did. I found tons of peace, Um, you know, growing up especially when it deals with money, like there can be turmoil, right? When it comes to money and who's spending what in the budget. And I always just found that no matter what was going on in our house, you know, when my parents made dinner at night, we always sat down together at the table, no matter what. And that was just kind of a really peaceful moment for me. And I think that to your point, so much of what we think is going to require money, a lot of times is actually free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was talking to a friend recently who wanted to put her kid in volleyball and she said it was $4,500 just to join the team. And it didn't count like you had to travel to this state and that state. Oh, like travel teams. Yeah. Yeah. But when you play, you get all of those benefits anyway. So I just loved this actually from your website. We almost always ate together as a family. That's right. And for me, that was peace. That's right. I think that's such a huge statement, Jade. It is. Like, what are we trying to pass on to our kids? Peace love of life, 
Those types of things don't have to cost a lot of money. That's right. Your story is that you paid off almost a half a million dollars of debt. This starts with you singing on a cruise ship. What were you doing? Your cruise ship <laughs> entertainment with your husband? Yeah, that was my first job. My first job um, out of college in my career path was I got hired by Royal Caribbean and I was part of their review cast of singers and dancers. And so, yes, I put on my you know tap shoes and all that kind of stuff. And I did that for I did three contracts with them. And then, uh, you know, as you do when you're trying to get out of debt, you're looking for the next thing that's going to make you a little bit more money. Right. So you can throw it at your debt. And I started seeing these other um, entertainers on board that would come on just for a week or so and then leave. And they got to do their own show. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And so I worked with my husband and we put together our own show. And uh, that's how we started headlining. And so over the course of the last, uh, let's see, for about 10 and a half years, we traveled uh, as headline entertainers and we got to travel to over 92 countries and perform. So it was great. I want to know more. <laughs> what was your show? So I worked as a Whitney Houston entertainer, like a, a, an impersonator at times. And then other times it was just doing her music as me. And so that's what I did. And my husband was my musical director and we had, it was such a good time. And I mean, to the point of this show, what was so great about it is, you know, we spent so much time at sea and when you're just outside on the water, there's no, it's just clarity. Like it's instant clarity. You can take in the air, you can just contemplate life. And it's just such a great experience. I think being on the water, being at the beach, those were the two best things for us during that time. Cause everything else was so tumultuous. We're like trying to pay off debt, trying to make our marriage work. Thank goodness for the nature of our job that allowed us to be in nature in those ways, because honestly, that was everything. Wow. Okay. So how often when you're on a podcast, do people ask you to sing? Never, <laughs> especially Jenny at 8 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> oh I want to ask. I want to ask. Okay. So it's been a minute. I'm dropping some hints here. I, I hear them. I'm going to pray about it. <laughs> okay. okay. Does the I will too. I'll pray too. Uh, we'll see. We'll see whose prayer wins. Does the music still permeate into your life? Because obviously you've really changed career paths here. Oh, yeah. You're Dave Ramsey personality. You've done all sorts of things. Host jet ski tours. I mean, this is like <laughs> quite the list. So tell me if that still is working its way through to where you're at now. You know, it does. It does. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm an entertainer at heart, you know, and I, I'm a creative at heart. Yeah. And so a lot of that does filter into the job that I do now. I mean, so much of what we do is forward facing, right? There's media and there's podcasts and, you know, you're... Um, on a live event stage. And so I get to turn that side of my personality on almost on a daily basis, which is great. The days that I'm like sitting at my desk and I'm just like doing emails are the days that I'm like, okay, Jay, <laughs> like, <laughs> keep going because I do like to tap into that side that just gets to talk loud and, you know, be big and boisterous. And so that's definitely the entertainer side. Uh, that's really cool because I do love how our path of life squiggles, but it always a lot of times has a theme that runs through it. Oh yeah. You even talked about in terms of music, you have like a get out of debt playlist. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. That thing is chock full. With 82 songs on it. What <laughs> constitutes a song that ends on a debt-free playlist? Uh, definitely Prince, you know, like <laughs> Emancipation, right? Like you got to have that. Let's work like I, uh, Man in the Mirror, Michael Jackson, because it's like everybody has that moment when they're like, I'm going to make a change. You know, it's like, all right. 
these are the songs that get me going. Then it's like, don't stop believing, right? Like you mm-hmm. got to have that. So definitely, if you don't have one, you need to make one or borrow mine. <laughs> <laughs> borrow yours. Got 82 songs on it. You can find that at RamseySolutions.com slash J-Warsaw. And I'll put that in the notes because that's really fun. You need motivation uh, on this Jeffrey journey. I want to ask this question, which I hope is not inappropriate. So a big part of your debt, which you talk about $460,000 of debt, a large part of it was your degree. You and your husband both have this music degree. Uh-huh. And this is a big conversation right now. When we have a 15-year-old and there's a lot of questions regarding college, not college, how much money do we spend there? Mm-hmm. Do you think you could have gotten your contracts without the degree? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 100%. And just because my husband will appreciate the saltiness, it was his. Like he mostly <laughs> was the one that brought in the student loan debt. And then of course I did my silly part of it too. And we will talk about that. But to answer your question, 100%. I am the first person to say that not every career path requires a degree. Um, many do not. Some of them, it's certification. Some things it's, you know, let me just get around the right people to teach me. And it's more of an apprenticeship sort of thing. And other situations, it's more of like a mentorship. Hey, I just need to be around somebody who's done it. And maybe they can give me a few pointers over time after trust is built. So I, especially when it comes to the arts and any sort of career path where the finish line and the goalpost is constantly moving and music, especially these days is one of those things because technology is changing so quickly Mm -hmm. that most schools don't have the funding or if they do have the funding, they're not putting the funding into actually keeping up in real time with technology. Like I remember when I went to school, I mean, not to get too into the weeds, but they were still using a program, uh, a software program that was already so outdated. And it's like, why are we learning this? Nobody uses Cubase anymore. So When you can learn how to do those things with YouTube and the internet the way it is, you can learn how to do anything you need to do, especially when it comes to music. And so, yeah, 100%. I look at my college career and I go, okay, the purpose of that in my life was to meet my husband. And the purpose of that in my life was to probably grow socially. But if I'm being dead honest, it did not break me free musically. (laughs) That was not the thing. Yeah. Like you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you get better, you get better over time and you get better on the job. So yeah. yeah. But I was saying, like you saying on this podcast, just, I mean, a little bit, but we all heard it. it. (laughs) My prayers worked. They reached the ears of God. (laughs) All right. So one of the topics in this book is about our beliefs. And I loved this concept. I haven't really thought about this before about limiting language. Mm. You say language matters when it comes to money. Let's have a vocab rehab, a vocab rehab. That's right. And I I loved this. It's like a message of hope. And I I do think so often we say, like, I would say to my kids, we we don't have the money for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. It's just to get them to stop bugging. Yeah. But I, I like your approach of maybe. Yeah. Can you talk about like, I actually have never heard anyone say like, well, maybe let's figure it out. Yeah. Listen, in the book, I talk about a phrase I heard all the time growing up as a kid. And it was, we ain't got no money, you know? And mm-hmm. it was kind of like, and there was those, like these various forms of it. Of, you know, I ain't got no money for that. Or I ain't spending no money on that, you know? And it's kind mm-hmm. of like, we've all said whatever our version of that phrase is, right? Whether it's to ourselves, to a friend, to our kids. And, you know, it's funny how you can just kind of haphazardly say something and you don't really think much into it. But as a kid, that was such a dead end phrase for me. It was like, okay, we don't have any money and we just don't and we won't. And that's it. And it kind of made me feel like, okay, it doesn't matter what you do. 
if it's your lot in your lot in life to just not have money, then you just won't have money. And that's that. And honestly, I carried that for my entire childhood into early adulthood until I met my husband. And I don't, I don't say this in the book. This is a behind the scenes story, but I remember it was our final year of college. And he said, Hey, for spring break, let's go down to Orlando and go to Disney. And when he said that, like my mouth dropped open. I was like, we can't just go to Disney. Like we can't just go to Orlando. We ain't got money for that. <laughs> yeah. We ain't got no money. And he was like, and I, I think I literally said that. I was like, Oh, I ain't got any money. And he looked at me. He was like, well, why don't you just save it up? Like he looked at me like, and just like, cause there was plenty of time. He looked at me. So just like incredulous like, what's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, like, what's wrong with you? Just save it up. And I was like, yeah, he goes, well, then he goes, do you even know how much it costs? And I said, mm. no, I like my brain was just so shut off to, we don't do research. We don't figure out how much it costs. We don't come up with a plan to do it. I just ain't got any money. And so when he said that, as simple as that might sound to some people, it just shed, it was like a light shining through that I was like, I've never even considered that I could work and change my situation and create options for myself. Mm -hmm. And so he told me, he was like, I mean, I don't, I don't remember at the time, maybe he said, Jada, you know, a ticket is just like, it's $57 to get in. Like you have a job, like, it's not like you're paying, you know, you don't have a mortgage, like you can save $57 and we can drive down, you know, we'll split the gas. Like he starts talking. And as he's talking, I'm like, I'm hearing possibilities for the first time with my money. And so I think it's so important that we choose our words in a way that open up possibilities. I was talking about that the other day, you know, when you say things like, I can't do that because it's in the budget, it's not in the budget, or I can't do that because I can't spend money on that. It just takes the power right out of us. And it's so deflating. Mm -hmm. But when we change our language and say, you know what, I'm going to... I'm choosing not to spend money on that this month, but we can consider it next month. Or that's not a priority for me this week. I'd rather prioritize saving, but next week, if there's extra, we can consider it. Like it's not even saying yes, it's just creating an open mind for possibilities. What a different way to raise kids. Mm. And I love that. I love using the word choice because, you know, obviously kids ask for a lot of things and you could put that on them depending on their age, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> How do you think you might be able to earn the money for that? That's right. I just love this reframe. I love it. Instead of just cutting it off, mm -hmm. this is brilliant. Then yeah, possibility and hope. Possibility. Yes. Hope in a future. I love that. And I love what you just said. Even to kids, is there a way you think you could earn the money to do that? Come on, somebody. That's sure. Wonderful. You could sell something. You you know, you could shovel some snow, whatever it is. Yeah. I don't think you guys have snow in Tennessee, but you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever it is. I like, I mean, this is a little bit of a kick in the pants too. Yeah. You say like increase your income. Yes. <laughs> Nobody ever really says that. We just say it's not in the budget. Yeah. You give some, I love how you work. This book is witty. This is a 57, like fun read, 57 page fun read. Thank you. So when talking about increasing your income, you talk about like the shallow end of the pool mm -hmm. and here's some more substantial ways. So can you walk us through, if we're wanting to make a change, what's that spectrum kind of look like? Yeah. And, you know, I want to caveat that by saying, you know, whenever we tell people to increase their income, the first thing I kind of hear and feel from people is like, uh, yeah, Jade, I would love to increase my income. If it was that easy, don't you think I would have done it? Like, it's kind of like yeah. there's like this bit of defense that goes up. And I'm like, listen, guys, I'm telling you this because I've earned the right to say it because I had to do it. You know, when my husband and I started, we had $460,000 of debt. But we were only making $30,000 combined. OK, so if there was ever a time in life that somebody needed to get their income up, it was that point in time. And I want to sympathize with people in the way that I get it. Like it's overwhelming. You don't 
necessarily know what your options are. You don't necessarily know what that looks like. And it feels daunting. But what I say to people is there's usually two ways that this shakes out. Some people, their income is is good. Like it's fine. They're making ends meet. They're getting a little towards their goals, but they just want to move quicker. And if that's you, probably cutting back on your budget and side hustling, like just picking up a side hustle temporarily is going to work out for you to meet a goal, whether it's your goal to pay off debt or whether it's a goal to, you know, save up three to six months of expenses. A side hustle for you in that case is great. You know, DoorDash or Uber Eats, or maybe, you you know, do you like me and you sell cupcakes on the side? That's great. But if you kind of start to fall on the other end of the spectrum where Sam and I fell, which is where your core income, the money that you make from your main job, right? It's not really enough to pay all the bills. And there's certainly not enough to do the things that you need to do to be financially responsible, like pay off debt, save, save for retirement. There's nothing left. And that's where Sam and I were. And when that's the case, all the side hustles in the world aren't really going to help you because no one wants to drive Uber for the rest of their life, right? So you've got to start looking at your core income and say, okay, what do I need to do over time to raise this? And I say over time because, listen, you can go on Craigslist or go on Glassdoor or whatever and apply for a new job. I hope you get it. And I hope you get a $30,000 raise, but that's not usually the way it looks. Usually it's a journey over time, whether it's seeking out certifications, whether it's changing career paths, whether it's starting a business. And those are the things that slowly but surely over time increase your income. And you need to f- be committed and fully aware that that's the journey that you're commi- that you're committing to. It's not just like, well, hopefully over time I'll get a raise. No, you need to go through that with a plan of, okay, if we do this, here's where we think we're going to land in a year or so. And then if we make this change, here's where I think I'm going to land in two years. And so with Sam and I, I mentioned before, we were in one career. We thought that was great. We saw people doing something that earned more. We figured out what do I need to do to be that guy? You start doing it and then you start seeing your income increase. And then you're you're looking over the next horizon. And it's like, okay, now what do I need to do? And so for Sam and I, it was, okay, one year was 30,000 and next year it was 40,000, 65, you know, and it's that stair step up until you get where you need to be. Mm, So it takes a little bit of the ambiguity out of it and the fear. Yes. Because you have something you have your eyes set on and you try and get there. Yeah. Because it can be scary. I mean, you say career path change is scary. It is. And you're looking for more opportunity, but you don't necessarily know which way to go. But but you can look at a life like yours. And I think there's a, a little bit of an autobiography in this book, Money's Not a Math Problem. And you start to see, okay, it kind of works out for other people. I can dip my toe in yeah. and try that. I'm into the side hustle of making embroidery kits. That's cool. Because I bought an embroidery. Well, I don't do it. I've only bought it. Oh. <laughs> but they're like $30. Uh-huh. It's like a hoop and a piece of fabric and some string. Yeah. I think I think that's what I want my side hustle to be. It seems like there's a lot of profit to be made. I haven't tried it. I'll, like, I'll circle back if I ever actually do Let me it. know if it makes you millions. <laughs> yes, yes. It's my idea. Okay. So, no, no. Another thing that you, that you say, and it's just a quick sentence in here, but within this concept of money and kind of like where we started, you say you got to live a little. Yes. Even if you have these intense goals. I think one of the points here is you can have reasonable fun and you can celebrate in ways that don't cost you $10,000 in ways that cost you a really good meal or an afternoon at a playground. That's right. It's so important. Talk to me about live a little. What about someone who has a, like their budget is pretty tight? Mm-hmm what would you recommend? Yeah. You know, it's going to look different for everybody depending on where they're at in their journey. You know, obviously if you are knee deep in debt and you're working hard to pay off debt, those milestones and those celebrations are going to be 
smaller and they might be more spaced out and that's okay. For Sam and I, and, and it also depends on where you live. So for Sam and I, we had moved to South Florida, you know, to chase down this dream for music and, you know, it's South Florida, there's beaches. And so for us, oh, a great win, like a great celebration is we had this little change purse. You know, I think everybody has that in the console of their car, like where they put, you know, you get some quarters back, you put it in there. All, we would go in that change purse. We would stop at Dunkin' Donuts. You could get a, a big tea for a dollar five or whatever. Yeah. And then we'd take it to the beach and go to the beach. And like, you just can't beat that. Or we'd stop. There's a place called Dandy Donuts. We'd stop at Dandy Donuts. You get a donut. You know, you spend like 75 cents on the donut and you go to the beach and just sit and chill and talk, you know, mm -hmm. and that was one of the things that for us was just, ah, you know, and yeah. it's almost like you set the temperature, right? If you say mm -hmm. that it's all about what you're used to, right? It's almost like if you say a celebration has to be a dinner at, you know, an expensive restaurant and a trip here and a trip there, then like right. that bar keeps getting raised higher and higher, right? Like you keep trying to outdo yourself to get that same feeling of, oh, all right, you know, celebration, but you get to set that. And if you set the bar, if you start that bar way down here of, you know what, I haven't spent any extra money. So if I haven't spent any extra money, spending a dollar five or a dollar 15 on a tea from Dunkin' Donuts really feels like I did something today, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I said that on social media the other day, I said, listen, some of you guys don't even have a dollar five to go get a tea. Take that crusty nail polish off your toes and do yourself a pedicure. Like do something for yourself. It doesn't have to spend money. Like you said, go for a run, go clear your head. Moms, we rarely get just quiet time for us. Mm -hmm. Tell your husband or if you're another spouse, tell your spouse to cook dinner and you go in your room, close and lock the door, take a bath, like do something or say to yourself, here's one of my favorite things. Go for a walk outside and do not bring your headphones and do not bring your smartphone. Just go and listen and be be there. And those are things that fill us up and they don't cost a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Read a novel. Get it from the library. There are so many things. And I think even if you go to the beach with your kids, this is what I found as a mom, that when you go into nature, because kids are loud and they're always busy and it's over it's overwhelming you just want a little bit of peace mm -hmm. when you take them outdoors in a place where they're not gonna drown or they're not gonna get hit by a car you got to go to a place where you not have to be on <laughs> high alert right but maybe they're gonna play in the sand i mean little ones a lot of times they're not rushing into the waves they're gonna sit at the water's edge and play in the sand and that's right you know they're kind of a little scared of the power of that too you know most kids not every kid some of them are going to be daredevils but if you got that you can find peace there mm -hmm. as a mom and it doesn't cost much money and maybe just the gas to get there or maybe it's not even that maybe you live close by to something like that mm -hmm. and so i just love this it's important you say we have to stay motivated and enjoy life that's right yes at the core we need to do that and so there are so many inexpensive ways to do that even when you're working with a budget oh. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. 
AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody, and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. Okay, here's a sentence. In the wrong hands, a budget can feel like a weapon. In the right hands, it feels like freedom and peace and protection. Mm. Can you unwrap that a little bit? Yeah, I think that phrase right there, it's why so many people shy away when they hear the word budget. When people say, hey, you need a plan for your money or hey, don't you think you need a little bit of accountability in your spending? Or maybe it's your spouse has said, Hey, you know, I'd I'd love to get a hold of what's going on with our money. I feel like we're kind of out of control. And if you're the person that's like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. Or like when they start talking about it, your armpits sweat or you just start wigging out in your mind. That was me. And so I had to look back and go like, where is that coming from? What what is that? And, you know, the fact is, you know, for me growing up, like I said before, money was a point of contention. If you mentioned money or a budget, that was guaranteed the start of an argument. And so for my, you know, my dad, he was way more of a, we stick to the budget. If it's on here, we don't go over, but he had not dialed into the real, the, the, the flexibility side of the budget. And then my mom's over here. She's like, I'm a free spirit. I don't want to stick to a budget. So it's like those two things just completely collide. Right. Mm -hmm. And so money was just one of these things that's like it was just this constant like tug of war because they're completely different personalities trying to do the same thing in completely opposite ways. And so for me, as a result, like this idea of budgeting, this idea is like, okay, like that just means arguments like that. Mm -hmm. If you talk about money you're guaranteed to have hurt feelings by the end of the conversation. Or if you're talking about money, that means that you don't get to spend. If somebody says the word budget, that's like putting a fence around the things that I want to do. Like, I think I say it in the book, like the budget's always like shaking its finger at you. I thought that that was that. But then as I got older, I realized, well, wait a minute, any tool, it turns into whatever it's going to be when you put it in a certain person's hands, right? Like you can take, I don't know, uh, the 
you could take a cell phone and some one person, you know, if, if it's in my hand, I'm going to use it for the right purpose. And I'm going to call people and text people. If I give it to my three-year-old daughter, she might throw it across the room at my five-year-old and knock him in the head with it. Right. And right. suddenly it's like, don't put that phone around me. You know what I mean? Last time it hit me in the head. And so the budget is the same way. Like it depends on whose hands it's in and what their state of mind is and what their views are on money. And that's how they'll wield that tool. And so I think that's why it's so important for us to learn the right ways to handle money and the right ways to budget so that we will use that tool in the most effective way and that it will actually work for us instead of against us. Mm-hmm. I mean, these words are words to shoot for freedom, peace and protection. You talk about an app, uh, the every dollar app. You talk about it and money is not a math problem. That's right. That is free. It's free. Yes, the app is completely free. You can start budgeting if you download it for free. And then there is a premium version that allows you to have access into some really, really great resources to even kind of take your budget to the next level. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell us about it. Tell us about the Every Dollar app. Because you, you were saying we're trying to use paper, but and that is a tricky thing. It's like, well, if I'm out today and I got gas... And then the other person doesn't know. And then yeah. like, what are we going to do? Are we going to text each other every time we stop here or there? And the paper thing is tricky. So you say the app is a little bit more seamless. Yeah, the app is great because the fact of the matter is everybody doesn't like dealing with money. Like if you're, especially if you're married, either one of y'all is going to be really like into it and the other person's going to be like, listen, <laughs> leave a message at the beep, right? And, or maybe you're both like nerdy and you nerd out on money or maybe both of you are kind of like gun shy and you both don't like it, right? I love every dollar because it's on your phone. It's not, hey, I made this paper, you know, come look over my shoulder. And the other person's like, no, don't touch it. Like, don't write on it, you know? And I love every dollar. It's on your phone. Whatever the one person does on the app, you see it on your side. You have a moment, you know, everybody wakes up in the morning, they go in the bathroom, they look at their phone. You can have that moment to look at the money and go, okay, I see what's on here. I see what there is to spend. And then, you know, you go out for the day and maybe your husband says something like, oh, you know, I... I went out to lunch today, you know, with the with the company or whatever. And it's like in your mind, you can go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. There was money on the budget for that. And so just being able to have both eyes on it, you see it in real time. If you get the premium version, you connect it to your bank. So if you go to McDonald's the next day, it'll show that you went to McDonald's and spent $17 and it'll tell you like it'll start to get smart and say, hey, do you want to track this over here under your food category? So if you say, yeah, I, I budgeted $100 for, you know, restaurants and you do that $17 transaction, it'll do the math for you and say, okay, now you only have, you know, what's $83 to spend. It's really great. You don't have to do any math. Listen, I made C's all through my math career. I don't like math. Somehow I'm in money, but I don't like math. And every dollar is great for me because I don't have to fool with that part that is for me, you know, the unfun part of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is it is kind of math. <laughs> yeah, it is. But every dollar does the math. But it's not a you. problem. That's it's right. not a problem. That's what, I, that's what I like. Yeah, and every dollar can do it for you. So I love the way you laid out this book. Thank you. It's five lies with five truths associated with it. And a lot of the things that you've talked about today are in here. And there's more because there's these five lies and five truths. One of the things that you talk about is just this lack of accountability. <laughs> And kind of liking, you said, I liked the lie. (laughs) Oh, man. The lie of ultimate freedom. Yeah. What is that lie? You know, I think we see it in life too, right? Like we think that 
anything that's going to give us boundaries, anything that's going to say, hey, you can do this, but don't do that. We take that as human beings and go, you're taking away my freedom. You're taking away my fun, right? And budgets do that. They go, okay, you can do this, but there is a line. Like there's always a point where you have to no go. Like if you get to that point, then you're going off the rails. And I think as as people, like I said, we kind of buck away from that. But the problem is when you live a life that has no guardrails and no stopping point, you start to get crazy and things, you know, you wild out and you look up and now you have a mess on your hands. And so it's a lie to believe that guardrails confine you or guardrails, you know, somehow cause you to lose your freedom. Guardrails actually open you up to live the best life that you can honestly, without the suffering of making the mistakes that are beyond the guardrails. And so with the budget, it's the same way. You know, I thought, oh, if you're telling me I can only spend three, like I've got $300 and that's all I can spend. And I have to use that to do my hair and my nails. That's unfair. Like I want to just be able to spend whatever I want. Well, you want to know it, Jade, you spend whatever you want. You end up in debt. You end up in credit card debt. Now you've got interest payments and now, you know, and it creates this wheel of consequence. But when you set parameters through your budget and go, listen, this is when the money stops. Suddenly you're like, okay, like I get to spend this much. And because I get to spend that much, it also means I get to do the other things that I've said are a priority, like save for retirement and save for kids college and plan for that vacation. And so you start to see, oh, like boundaries are kind of a good thing because they let me get more accomplished and they keep me from falling off a cliff. I love that because that's the vocab rehab, isn't it? That's the vocab rehab. I get to spend. Mm-hmm. I saw a funny thing you said the other day. This is going to come out after the holidays because we're just four days away. But okay. you were you were talking to Rachel and you said, can we can we just stop buying adults gifts? Listen, <laughs> <laughs> I said uh, adults don't need gifts. Like, you don't. They've got their own money <laughs> and you can they can buy their own slippers and they can buy their own blender. And if they can't. And they're getting mad at you because you didn't get them that blender. It's like, what's happening here? And the context for that was, I was talking about, you know, in in our community over here, you know, there's, we teach a series of baby steps, right? Where this is, these are the seven steps to find, you know, financial peace. And so the second baby step is all about paying off your consumer debt. And so during that baby step, people are getting really intense and they're like buckling down and, you know, they're really pulling back on their spending. And so the holidays can be tough because we all feel that obligation, right? Of, you know, auntie over here and, you know, my my in-laws over here. And it's like, where again, where is that boundary? Because otherwise things go off the rails really quick. And I said, listen, when you're getting out of debt and you're trying to prioritize something very important, which is your fin- your family's financial well-being, you have to say, hold on, let's get real here. I'm not buying gifts for adults unless I can afford it, right? If you can afford it, knock yourself out. But if you are going into debt, if you are stealing away from greater priorities in order to make that happen, you really have to pull back and go, wait a second, like it's a mug. It's a $7 mug. Like, But if I'm giving away 20 of them, that's a lot of money. And so is it really like, what are we doing here? And so I kind of laid out a list of number one, adults will be fine if you don't get them a gift. If it's something that like, if if you don't live by me, if I can't put the gift in your hand, you're off the list. Like I'm not going to UPS a gift from here to Oregon. All right. Like not while I'm getting out of debt, that's expensive. And it's not, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to send you a card or I'll send you a, you know, one of those Merry Christmas memes 
and you're an adult and you'll be fine. Right. And I talk about, you know, drawing names. You have a big family, draw names. Like most people will be like, oh, thank you. I'm so glad you suggested that because this was getting out of hand. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, finally, I do say, if you're going to do gifts, focus on like ages three to 18, focus on that age group. That's your kid's age group. That's your nieces and nephews. That's the guilt trip you don't want to go on, right? (laughs) You don't want to look back and be like, mom and dad took away Christmas when we were, you know, seven years old. But all in that to say, it also doesn't have to be 10 gifts per kid. Let's be wise with what we're spending and the reason that we're spending. Three to 18 too. Yeah. You're knocking off the little ones because (laughs) they don't even know. Look, you better take an old toy and rewrap it because they do not like a 10 month old. Come on. They will have more time, more of a good time pulling out that wrapping paper. They'll eat the wrapping paper and they'll throw (laughs) the toy and go pick up the remote and then they'll be happy. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I've always felt like the holidays is it's like trading $25 gift cards and like no one, <laughs> no one gets richer except for the company. That's right. You know, like we're not even really trading money. We're just making someone else wealthier, just trading it. I'm like, I'll give Look. you this 25 and you're giving me that 25. <laughs> and then in the end, we're all $25 poorer. <laughs> yeah. I made a rule this year. I'm like, I'm not doing any gift cards. If you get a gift for me, it's because I thought of something and I bought it. I'm not doing any gift cards this year. This is all really practical, whether it's the holidays or throughout the year, because there is a lot of obligation. There is this piece of, when you talk about in the book of status and how it reflects on us. And you had talked about as a child, there's practical things here. It's really a tricky balance, isn't it? You had talked about as a child it is. that church was hard because you only had one dress. Uh huh. That's hard. Yeah. If you were to go back in time, like what would you say to your parents? Like, Or do we change the situation or do we talk our kids through it? I think we talk our kids through it because, you know, I also make I, I make it very clear in the book, you know, kids and adults, we internalize things different in a moment, right? I'm I'm the six-year-old kid. They're the, you know, 30-year-old adult. So we're experiencing those moments completely different. And moms and dads, they get to decide what's a what's a priority with the money, right? They get to decide, hey, is it important for me to buy you a new dress? Or is it important for me to, you know, take this extra money and make sure um, I don't know, there's the electric bill is paid. You know, maybe it's not that extreme, but do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's walking kids through that. And again, this goes back to that vocab rehab and really just having the open mind of saying, okay, I might be in a season where I've got to cut back on spending and it's the whole family is going to feel that, right? If you're getting out of debt, you're, you're focused on something, the whole family is going to feel that we're not buying as many clothes or we're going to use the same markers this year that you used last year at school. As long as they still write, we're going to use those. And yeah, kids are going to experience that as, oh, oh my gosh, because Timmy, who sits next to me, he got a new box of Crayolas. And you know, this girl over here, she got a new sweater for back to school and I'm wearing the same sweater from last year. Listen, I survived. Let's get that straight. I survived. I'm cool. I am not bitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there is that part where we walk our kids through and we have to explain, listen, sometimes in life you have to make sacrifices and you make short-term sacrifices so that you can have a long-term gain and so that you can get to where you want to go. And sometimes that's painful in the moment. And right now I know you wish you had another dress, but there's going to come a time where we will be able to get you another dress. That was the part that was missing for me. And so I think that that's the, those are the conversations that we can have is to really explain, listen, this is a season of sacrifice, but every, every season is not a season of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And there's a point 
And that's the key. There's a point to what we're doing. We're cutting back because of this. And, you know, you have to keep that. That's a conversation depending on whatever level your kid is on. Like, you don't have to tell them, listen, kids, we're drowning in debt. You know, like you don't have to tell them that, but keep it on their level. And so that they can understand that. Mm -hmm. Well, just this little quip, it says, give it a future and hope. Mm -hmm. And I think that's in the book, give it a future and hope. And I think that if that is the foundation of what you're communicating, then that teaches kids a lot of good life lessons. Anyway, I had a good friend growing up who, well, she wasn't my friend growing up. She was my friend as an adult, but growing up, they got new clothes every season, Wow, like a large wardrobe of clothes every season. And then she said she struggled when she got married because they couldn't afford it. It wasn't like that. Yeah. And it felt like marriage was a lack and it was a big struggle for her. And I thought, was it, it's interesting. Isn't it interesting? It is. It's like, you think by giving your kids everything, that's what's good. That's the right thing to do. But there's no guarantee that they'll be able to keep that up. Yeah. That's like what we talked about earlier, Jenny, about setting that, um, that standard. And it's like, if you set the bar way up here, then you're always having to outdo that. And if heaven forbid, you have to take a step down, you're like, well, that's not fun. Like, that's not a celebration. And it's like, okay, like we have to be reasonable here because it is true. You do leave the house and you will have your own income and you will have possibly a spouse of your own and they'll have their income. And there's nothing to say that you'll be able to keep up this high level of lifestyle in your own life as an adult. And and most likely not because your parents, they've been at their careers for 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. Sometimes depending on where you're at in the order of siblings. Right. I think often, especially if you're the youngest sibling, you've got a parent that's been at their career for a lot longer. Mm -hmm. When we started off, we were making the same amount of money as you. It was like hardly enough to live on (laughs) for a long period of time. And so you you don't start at that spot when you're 22 years old. You start often at the bottom and you have to work your way into it. So yeah, it's just interesting that perspective for our kids and for them to know that it's okay. It's okay to start small and to grow into it. I think you're more grateful when you grow into it. I agree. I agree. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started today and get after your goals. Some of the things we love about Factor are their two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Our kids love the pancakes, smoothies, and more. And there's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, including midday bites. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And remember, to sign up and save, we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash outside50 and use code outside50 to get 50% off. That's code outside50 at factormeals.com slash outside50 to get 50% off. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. 
Their products are vacuum sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last minute get together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chops hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chops price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com slash outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com slash outside120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash outside120 code outside120. Okay, so you, all right. So you got the baby steps. The baby steps are in this book that you were talking about earlier. Money's not a math problem. Uh-huh. The baby steps are in here. Seven baby steps. That's right. I'm a baby steps millionaire, so people can find that in the book. There's actually a step three A and a three B. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's a little, you know, like <laughs> it's a little in the steps. weeds. <laughs> I loved that. I love it. Okay, so seven steps. You're talking about this concept of our money and our time uh-huh like we're working hard yes we're away from our kids we're away from our spouse our money is expensive mm. that's the thing i don't know if i've ever heard anyone say that before our money is expensive it costs us a lot think about it if you're earning money you are in many cases spending time away from your family that's a cost that's expensive when you take time away from your family you are a lot of times taking away from your sleep right you wake up early in the morning, you got to catch the train or you got to, you know, get to work because of traffic. That's expensive. That's time. Time is the most expensive commodity that you have. Then for some of us, our job is stressful. And so it costs us. It costs us mentally. It costs us physically. And that is an expense. And then we take that money and we just go, huh, whatever. I'm going to just toss it in a pile. Uh, just toss it in a pile. Somebody will deal with it. It'll get spent. The bills will get paid somehow. And that, my friends, is a travesty. Like, that is just no way to live. I'm like, this money is expensive. Let's treat it with care. Let's put it in its proper place. Let's take good care of it, right? We all, when we were kids, hopefully, you know, you got you got that first toy or you got your first bike or you got your first, you know, nicer, you know, those that tennis shoe that you really wanted. And what did your parents say? Okay, take good care of it now because- the way you get more is you take good care of what you get. And if you take good care of what you get, then you can be trusted with more. That's really the crux of that argument is, listen, everybody wants more money. Are you treating your money in a way that it can produce for you and that you're making the most of it? So you can either earn more or the money that you have, you're getting the most out of it because it's not always about earning more. Mm-hmm. Average American millions of dollars are passed through our hands over the course of a lifetime. You say it is, this is right at the end. <laughs> like, you like the ruin it right at the end, page 56 out of 57. <laughs> it is irresponsible. Yeah. Not to be debt free at the end of it, or at least, you know, strive. Oh, this is, my book is longer than 57 pages. Is it? How many is it? Mine is an amazing 74 pages. Oh, listen, let me look. Yeah, you're right. Somebody said 57 pages the other day and I just ran with it. (laughs) I think it it was Dave. Would have run with it too. Except I just flipped to the end and I was like, wait a second. (laughs) Okay, it's a great book. It's funny. It starts off with your story of getting groceries. Yeah. And I think this is one that a lot that 
a lot of people can relate to. I can relate to it. We just would have to like put things back all the time, which yes. is fairly humiliating. You know what? It is, but <laughs> just go on and do it. Because here's the thing. When you put something back, there's always somebody watching. <laughs> and that person's either going, oh, she put something back. Or it's somebody watching going, oh, I've been there. Like, yeah. And it's just a I feel seen moment. Yeah, a lot of people have been there. So you're you're talking about this dance, this dance of I hope that we need food now and I hope the bank lets this payment go through. Yeah. So this book really is a huge message of hope, Jade. Money's not a math problem because you start there. You start off in the old people's publics. (laughs) Tell us about the old people's publics. Listen, okay. So we live, uh, my husband and I used to live in South Florida. And I mean, if you know South Florida, you know old folks from New York, right? It's too cold in the winter. So they come down to South Florida and they're, you know, they, they spend the winters there and they, we call them snowbirds. And so a lot of old, old folks are down there. And so there was this Publix by my house and, you know, you have the 50 and 60 and up communities down in South Florida. And so by my house, it's, it's surrounded by these 50 and 60 and up communities. And there's a Publix right there. So when you go in, it's just full of, you know, we call them blue hairs. It's just full of the blue hairs in there. And we used to call I mean, my husband and I just, we just dubbed it old people Publix. Cause there was another Publix up the street that was not so much in the older community. And that was like the regular Publix. <laughs> this was the old people Publix. Please do not cancel me for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so the story is you're at the old people's Publix. You're having a hard time even getting food. You need food. You have to get food. Uh-huh. And now today it's been a decade. Yeah, it's been, let's see, this whole thing started in 07. And so I mean, my husband and I, we're going to be married 17 years coming up. So that's crazy. Ah, congrats. Thank you. In 07. And with, within less than eight years, really. So, I mean, now you're the Dave Ramsey personality. You've got all, you've got this book and you have a lot of things going on. But to get to the point where, okay, like, I mean, it's wild, Jade. I mean, it really is wild to say, <laughs> I'm not sure if this little bit of groceries is going to go through, if my bank is going to deny this charge. To in less than eight years, you paid off almost a half a million dollars of debt. Yeah. Could you have ever even expected that you would be able to do that? Well, I knew we would get out of debt someday. Um, and I, you know, my husband and I, my husband is the ultimate math calculator. Like he's always run. He, I remember I used to see him brushing. Sorry, this was going to make me emotional. I used to see him brushing his teeth in the mirror and he'd be staring at himself in the mirror. And I knew he was running numbers and I, I knew that he was doing math and it, I, it just always just, I was like, gosh, we got to get out of this. Like I need my husband to not be thinking about this when he's brushing his teeth in the mirror. And I mean, I did the same thing. Of course, you know, my my math was a little shoddier, but, <laughs> you know, I thought to myself, okay, maybe like, maybe by the time we're 50, we can be done or like, you know, maybe by the time. And so it was just this idea of at some point in our life, we'll get it paid off. That's the part of this that I, I really want to encourage people because as long as you may think, okay, I'm just starting. I don't know where the finish line is, but I'm just starting because based off of my income right now, listen, that payoff day is far in the future. And that's where Sam and I were. But just keep walking, because if you keep walking, you keep knocking on doors, more doors open. That door leads to the next door. That door leads to the next opportunity. And you look up and three years later, you go, wow, I've come a long way from where I was, you know, three years from now. And then you keep walking again and knocking on doors. And then you look up and five years later, you go, wow, I've come a long way, even further than I thought. And there Mm -hmm. will come a day that you look up and you go, wow, I made it. I'm done. I did it. And it is a Mm -hmm. surreal moment And you look back and you go, wow, all those things work together and all those things 
led to the next thing. And the key component there is you have to keep going forward. You must, you must, you've got to make progress, not excuses. And if you commit to that, then I promise you, you will see an end in sight. It's so hope filled. You paid off $460,000, $460,052. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. <laughs> okay. in, seven and a, <laughs> in seven and a half years. So I think if you're looking at your debt and thinking it's insurmountable, your story brings so much hope and people can find your story and money's not a math problem. Also can find your story online. You say the more we worked, the more God gave us opportunities to work and you have a full life Yes, and you did jet ski tours and designed websites and taught voice lessons <laughs> and worked at a vinyl tint and lettering garage Girl, and yes. you got roommates. <laughs> you know what you say? Yeah, I don't recommend that. But you know, the point is, is those type of things too, even because you, you know, you talk about, you did this before kids, you want to pay off your debt before having kids mm-hmm. that all of those things also add to a full life too. That's right. I mean, voice lessons, like working with kids and like teaching people and like all of those pieces are not negative. Yeah. Nothing's wasted. Like I want to host a jet ski tour. How, okay. how, do, you, how do you do that? I mean, like, or you know what I'm saying? You look at this list and you're like, okay, this is not drudgery. Yeah. These are fun things. You're trying to figure out how can I make some extra money on the side with the skill sets and passions that I have. And those add to a full life too. They're not just mm-hmm. a negative. That's right. Beautiful story, Jade. Love the book. Like I said, it's a witty, quick read. Money is not a math problem. The real reason you're broke and what to do about it. Lots of answers in here. Five lies, five solutions, the baby steps, seven, but also there's a three B. So like you said, a little murky. (laughs) (laughs) The Every Dollar app, lots in here about even just how we're going to parent our kids. So fantastic. Absolutely loved it. Thank you. Thank you for taking your time to be here with us heading into a new year. We can have a full life. I think that probably the most the, one of the most influential statements was this. We we always ate together as a family. And for me, that was peace. Yeah. So what a statement. So people can find stuff, like I said, on the website and in the book that are really impactful. We always end Thank our show. You. Uh, you're welcome. It's, yeah, it's a tricky topic. Yeah, it is. It's a tricky topic. Mm-hmm. And you handle it with grace and inspiration and, and practical. Well, thank you. Practical things and things that like uh, facilitate conversation and get your mind spinning. So I, I kind of always love. Good. You are kind. Thank you. I love that kind of stuff. Okay. We always end our podcast with the same question. Okay. And the question is, what's a favorite memory from your childhood that was outside? Okay. I'm going to go with, uh, so I grew up in Oregon and so we had cherry trees. And so my neighbor who lived across the street from me we lived in a cul-de-sac she lived across the way and in the in her backyard there was a giant cherry tree and so we used to climb up the cherry tree and we'd sit in the tree and eat the cherries and we'd talk about uh we wanted to marry michael jackson both of us wanted to marry michael jackson (laughs) and so i would be like well my wedding is gonna be like this you know i'm eating cherries and she's like well my wedding is gonna be like this and so yeah we just eat the cherries and spit the pits um, spit the pits out. And so that was a great memory. Love it. I just feel like that is such the perfect ending because what is it that our children remember or enjoy or love? It's their imagination, the dreaming of things, whatever it is, however implausible, <laughs> maybe, you know, we're, we're dreaming and we're eating cherries out of a tree and we're sitting up yeah. there. I mean, that is beautiful. Love it. And the, you know, it's, it just goes right along with the family meal piece, all, all of that, the simple things really have power and don't necessarily have to cost money. And so if you're in this season where you're trying to pay off debt and you're really pursuing that, 
Jade's got all sorts of solutions for you. And also you can still have a full life, I think, in the process. Really enjoy. So thank you for being here. This has been fantastic. Oh, thank you so much, Jenny. This is great. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 